Welcome into District 1 Sports. Mike and Micah back with you for another episode. The Washington football team fell to the Kansas City Chiefs 31-13. The number 32 defense in the NFL had the Washington offense to uh, to 13 points, while the number 31 defense allowed the Chiefs to almost have 500 yards and they scored 31 points with a complete trouncing in the second half. I don't have the energy. I don't have much questions, Micah. I just want to get your thoughts. What's wrong with this team? Really, man, what I'm seeing is wrong. It, it, A lot of the same mistakes have been repeated, and this is what is really like upsetting and sad about this, really, what's what's coming about. Everything that's been happening has been happening the entire year, and we're moving into, what, week seven next week, bro? At that point, it's a pattern. At that point, it's things that are almost getting to the point irreversible as far as just the dynamics of a football team you're you're showing yourself for seven weeks, basically, and this is what you're bringing to the table. Nothing like the changes that need to be made aren't being made on the back end. It's still just nothing is being done to elevate the play. The D line, I mean, they're making plays here and there, but I don't think there's anything saving what this entire defense can't do, and that's get off the field and make plays and make sound tackles and do the simplest things on defense that any good defense should do. Like. Bro, I was literally watching my college's defense, Susquehanna University, go out there and make routine tackles. And this is like, yo, you're in the league and you're not making routine tackles. And yes, I know the competition is better and and should be able to dodge these things. But these are mistakes. It's not like they're being outplayed necessarily on on these one-on-one things. They're just making dumb-ass mistakes, bro. And, bro, it's just bad. I I don't know. This is what a losing-ass team looks like. And I think the reality of this is, I mean... This is what a rebuild team looks like, and maybe we all thought too much of what this defense could be and how it could complement what the offensive, like, you know, what the offense could step up and do. But we're at this point now, bro, where this is the team we are. This looks like a rebuild team. Maybe last year was not fluke because I mean, bro, it's fluke. It's fluke, man. Maybe you just get a little like you know we got a little uh, carried away with what we thought this team could be just because we won at seven and nine. I mean, we won at seven and nine, bro. Like. Literally, if the Cowboys, Dak didn't die with the Cowboys, they would have been one in the division. And Washington football team wouldn't have sniffed any type of playoff joints. Like, this is the reality. And, I mean, I think, I mean, I don't know if Washington football fans are going to be able to make this delineation and really think about this this way. But, like, this is the pace that I guess they not should be. But, dog, I mean, this, I guess, was realistic. Like, they didn't get any better. And they weren't that good last year. And here we are with a team that thought they were going to be better than they were is not. And it's just showing on the field every week. I don't know what else we could just say. It's repeated things. We could talk about William Jackson every single week. We could talk about Dustin Hopkins every single week. We could talk about all the deficiencies that continue to plague the team every single week. But what is it changing at this point? If not, like, I don't, it's frustrating, bro. And that's why I guess what I'm trying to get across here is like, it's disappointing and frustrating that. Simple things aren't being done to win football games, even when it's being thrown in your lap. Things just happen out there, and you're not taking advantage of it. And then to top it off, you can't even execute on the smallest part of it. You can't even take points. You can't even get three points when you need three points to cut something down. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just that I mean, level of bad. This I don't know what else to say, bro. It's bad. It's just I'm sick. I'm sick of it. This team, man. So I woke up this morning, very early in the morning, to a report from Adam Schefter that the Chiefs were going to change things up. They were 
going to bench uh, Sorensen uh, and Juan Thornhill will play a little bit more. It looked like it worked for the Chiefs, but our coach is, is very stubborn. He believes in the system that they have and that it's going to work. Did I see Landon Collins in coverage again getting burnt? I think I did. You sure did. Did I see the defensive ends running away from the QB, allowing him to extend plays? Getting washed out. So we've now, like you said, patterns. We've now seen this six times. Week one, okay. Week two, not great, but still. Week three, okay, I'm starting to get worried. Week four, oh, this is bad. Week five, ah, yeah, okay, we know what's coming. Week, week six is apathy. It's just like, yeah, this is what we expect. There's n- nothing else I expect from this defense. I don't think they played a good first half. Tyreek Hill dropped uh, a pass that the way that this team was tackling and probably would have turned into a touchdown. Patrick Mahomes had a, one dumb moment turned into an interception. But both of those times, they were in the red zone. They were about to score. The Chiefs, if without three turnovers, would have put 50 on us. Again, we are getting wa- we are getting washed out of here. I don't care about the offense right now. You know why? Our starting right guard, right tackle, uh, tight end, wide receiver, and quarterback are missing. Our starting running back was injured. So you want to talk about the offense? Sure. But we know Taylor Heineke is not the answer at this point. We know we're getting a quarterback in the first round. So I'm not really worrying about that. But you spent a first-round pick on Chase Young, Montez Sweat, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, Jamin Davis. You spent money on William Jackson. You got Kendall Fuller back. You drafted Cam Curl yesterday. You drafted Cole Holcomb. And this defense is shameful. They don't want to tackle. I, I don't know if I sent you the video, Micah. But the play in which William Jackson, it was a third and it was a third and five, I believe. Yes, a third and five in the fourth quarter. William Jackson has an opportunity to stop Tariq Hill uh, uh, short of the sticks at about the 50 yard line would have been impossible for them to kick. And he backpedals and allows Tariq Hill to get the first down. That's a guy that doesn't want to hit. That's a guy that's scared of contact. And you can see with those weak-ass tackles that they're going at their ankles and make all the receivers are making them miss on how bad the secondary is. On the day that you retired Sean Taylor's number, and don't get me started on that with only 50,000 people ended up showing up because you know why? You gave them a three-day advance. You didn't give them an opportunity to plan ahead of time. So there were more Chiefs fans than Washington football team fans. I heard them singing their chant song at the end of the game. So the... The day in which you retire probably the best player in Washington football team's history on defense, they give up 31 points with abysmal safety play. It's a, just a terrible defense, just terrible coaching. You want to keep being stubborn, Ron? We, we, last year, the quote was in Ron, we trust. If you're not willing to adapt and be, you think it's your way or the highway, you're going to be out of here in another year. It's not going to last. Dan Snyder is not a smart enough owner to keep you around a couple of years. And if he sees that his attendance is down, he has nothing going for him, and you're losing on top of that, you'll be gone in in another year. So I don't care what the situation is. We're going to lose again, get blown out again next week against the Packers, and have the same exact conversation. At this point, we should make the uh, podcast generic and just say, Oh, yeah, the defense played bad. We don't talk about the other team. We just say, yeah, the defense played bad. Taylor Heineke didn't move the ball, this and that. We can repurpose this same podcast every single week. At this point, we might as well, bro. I mean, look, <laughs> there's nothing. 
changing from these dumbass mistakes from this dumbass defense doing the same dumbass things over and over. And, you know, I mean, look, <laughs> this is just – I'll say one thing, one more thing about this. Just, I mean, look, at the end of the game – J.P. Finley tweeted out, Chase Young says, in quotes, gut check time for Washington. It's not just gut check time, bro. It's reality check time for everybody in that organization. Bro, it wasn't gut check was time gut- week two, week it's- three, week four. What, what about this week made it a gut check? <laughs> gut check ended after you let, man, gut check ended three weeks ago in the in the beginning of the season. It's September, bro. It is the end of October now. You're moving right into the worst stretch of the season. It's reality check time for every single person in the entire organization from the top down. This team, this organization, the franchise, it's not going to, like, combust. It's not going to be one of those things, but it's damn close. It's teetering on, like, this is really, really bad. Sell the entire thing. Change the entire name. Move these guys. Like, it's getting to that joke territory that we always put the Jaguars and the Lions in. It's really teetering there. And it's nothing but their own mistakes, literally, or their own just whatever. I don't even know how to explain it. It's just their own doing, bro, from top down. And just looking at it as fans, as people that are invested in the product and the entire product as a whole, it's it's like a slap in the face. How does every single facet of your entire season, really the last couple seasons, this is built up at this point, go to shit, bro, like... Everything from the top down, like from the field product, front office. It's it's crazy. It's, it's unprecedented at this point. I don't know what they could do to even right the ship at this point. I mean, I do know what they can do, but are, is that going to happen? I don't I know. Mean, <laughs> I mean, the thing that they're going to do is Dan Snyder has to be gone. Yeah, that's, that's the, not going to happen. That's what has to happen. What you're talking about is not one person can come and change this organization. Yeah, you can get new people in, but as long as the top is still the same. It's going to be a rotten organization through and through. You can switch out the parts and it's still going to be the same. Yeah, you got rid of Bruce Allen. Jason Wright's trying his best, but he messed up. Ron Rivera, obviously, he hasn't done anything to change the product on the field. Dan Snyder's still at the top. It's going to stay the same way. I'm disgusted with this team. Like, there is something about just watching them where you're like, they don't have any heart. At least last year, that Seahawks game, even though they lost it, I was like, damn, I knew they fought. Dwayne Haskins wasn't good. If we get some type of game manager quarterback, we could win those type of games. And it just seems to have gotten worse and worse this year. It's disgusting what I'm watching out there right now. It's not a good team at all. It's not a good team. They're going to be in the mix for looking for a first-round quarterback. So, like I said last week, start doing your scouting because this is not a team that's going to be competing for anything. The Cowboys are better. I think the Eagles are better. The Eagles put up fights. I the mean, Eagles are better. They're not a good team. They play way more competitive but they're better. Damn. than watching a football team. Absolutely. The Giants are probably better too, man. Like The yeah. Giants had injuries when we played them. So this is a team in a bad division is at the bottom. We're talking about being where the Lions, the Jags. Exactly. We are those teams. They, the the Jags have made the AFC playoffs, bro. The AFC championship game. We haven't. So, I really don't know what else to say about this team. Like, I guess we could do, like, individual breakdowns. But can you really judge an offense without a starting right guard, right tackle, no Curtis you Samuel? You can't. Only Terry McLaurin and barely AG? Like, And that's what I think, and Mike, I think that's really what makes it just more depressing. It's like even the things that we've been trying to hold on to the last couple of weeks, 
because of things that happen on the field, like injuries and things like that, we haven't even been able to really enjoy what the offense can bring to the table. Like, just in the in the smallest little bit because of injuries. Curtis Samuel has literally been hurt the whole year, and I'm gonna expect he's gonna keep being hurt because he keeps reaggravating his groin. Clearly, because it was worse than he was coming across or what they were putting across um, in the beginning. I mean, Terry McLaurin. It's not his fault that he doesn't have a big game at this point. Like, bro, it's just nowhere that Taylor Heineke. He should have had a touchdown there. He, he's bro. He should have had a touchdown. He had people beat multiple times, and Taylor's just not exactly. putting it on him. Like, if I'm if I'm that receiver, I'm like, get me out of here. Get me to a good quarterback, please. Man, and this is the one thing that, it, like you said, bro, how depressing it gets. Because I've already had some of these thoughts, like, yo. The young guys that are actually balling when they have the opportunity to, Antonio Gibson, Terry McLaurin, like the guys that have really been here and are going to continue to be here, like they're just getting screwed out of all of this, bro, and they're not going to want to come back, and there's going to be no nothing to like hang your hat on culture-wise down the road. Like It's just going to be an endless cycle of what teams like the Jaguars kind of do, and it's just bring a bunch of young guys together and just hope that one day it works. And that doesn't ever really work, and it ends in a cycle where you never have an identity or a culture, and you make bad personnel moves, like with the Jaguars, I mean, honestly, just being honest, like what the Jaguars are doing with Urban Meyer, like, bro, it's just you end up in situations where guys, you're, you're reaching to make things trying to work and trying to, like, do it unnaturally, and there's nothing unnatural about the processes of football, bro. You can't cheat it on that level where you can think you can bypass the whole system. Like, you have to do things right. And discipline in football. It's just how it is. And there's nothing disciplined about the entire organization. So what are we even expecting for the old field product? Like, they're going to continue to be bad, as you said, until really the head gets chopped off. And you can really find your way through this. But until then, I don't know what you can continue to keep saying unless it's just like, hey, this guy didn't perform as well as he did this week. Damn, that sucks. Oh, well, like, this is going to be a continuous thing, bro. But I guess we got to get used to it until they really start or at least attempt to make changes. I wish that it was at least that we had, like, conversations that me and you can go back and forth on where you're like, oh, I think the defense played well. No, I, I don't think the defense played well. Oh, no, the they just suck. Bro. They're just bad. There's no argument that we can have over it. It's too, <laughs> it's too Like, there's it's nothing too we can disagree it, about. If, I was, if we was to sit here and act like we're seeing different things and act like we're going to be able to really, like, break down the dynamics of this. It's like, no, there's nothing dynamic about what's going on here, bro. Like, this team is one of those teams that literally cannot walk straight. Like, it's just one of those teams where it's just a bad product from top to bottom, and it's nothing else we can change right now. I look, It's just what we're looking at. Everybody sees it. Literally everybody. There's nobody out here with false hope anymore, I don't think. Like, this is reality. Reality check. It sucks. Yeah. I'm at the point where I just don't care anymore. And with that, I'm not going to talk about this team anymore. I want to talk about a team that's actually giving me some positivity and hope. That's the Washington Wizards. Yes, sir. Uh, this is a post-game pod, but at this point, I just can't talk about the Washington <laughs> football team. So, Micah, the uh, Washington Wizards did not win a game in the preseason. They lost on a last-second buzzer beater in the preseason game. But that's not the storyline at all. That is not like losing against Julius Randle, Derrick Rose, and all of them. At that point, you had Raul Nato, Daniel Gafford, Corey Kispert, um, I think Aaron Holiday. It, it was not, it was not the Wizards' starting lineup out there. They had a twenty-point lead when starters were really playing and getting in the mix, and once everybody went out, that's when the Knicks came back. 
But we talked about them trying to mesh and them trying to get into rhythm and potentially starting off slow. But with what you're seeing with this team so far where everybody seems to be playing their role, who do you see falling out of the rotation once Rui Hachimura comes back? Because at this point, that forward slash center position is very packed. And KCP, Rui, uh, Bertans, Kispert, like so many guys in that front, uh, that three to five range. So who do you see losing minutes as this season starts to go on? I think the biggest loser is going to be Davis Bertans, really. I mean, he's going to be, because you're not going to be able, well, let me not say not going to be able, but it wouldn't be advised or smart for you to completely cut minutes from guys like Corey Kispert, from guys who can, you know, Denny's not getting minutes cuts, especially because he's probably looking to lead the second unit at some capacity or be a secondary ball handler at some capacity. That's somebody you're going to entrust with minutes. Really, the biggest red flags here is Davis Rattans, especially from what we've seen. I mean, he's just not whatever he was two seasons ago. He's not that guy now. And I think especially because there's going to be guys who are going to be able to replace that production or maybe even exceed his production. What's the point for, you know, this continuous minutes clog here? I mean, look, in that last Knicks game, he played 18 minutes, missed all his shots, did nothing on the court. I mean, he got two rebounds. What? Two rebounds, two blocks. Okay. Thanks, Davis Rattans, for that. Look, I can get that double out of Rui Hachimura right now. I can get that out of Kispert right now, literally. I mean, looking at the play less minutes, nine points. Okay. Immediately replaced offense on the defensive side. I mean, Darvis Patanz, you're not really ever going to get two blocks again. Like, you're this is not what you do. And if you're not doing what you do, which is make your shots, I'm sorry, bro. Your minutes. Rui's going to come up and do exactly what he's supposed to do. I just think it makes more sense that way. I think it's a clear plug-in, plug-out situation. And, I mean, Davis... This is your own doing. You stop making your shots. I mean, this is what you're here to do. This is what you got paid to do. And if you're not doing it, well, you can't play no more. Especially on a team like this, it seems like, where these rotations and everybody getting their minutes is going to matter for the chemistry and for their success, really. Yeah, you're totally right. I think Bertans is going to be the odd man out. Looking at it right now, I really love the guard rotation. It seems like they have that down pack where you have a rotation of... Obviously, Dinwiddie and Beal to start off. You mix in some weird lineups where you have uh, Neto and Beal or you go Dinwiddie and Holiday. They can do a lot of mix and match where you can go a little bit more defense heavy if you want. You can get an offense uh, back uh, backcourt there. I still think Wes is trying to figure out what the front court is. And because Rui and TB, Thomas Bryant, aren't there yet, he hasn't been able to really solidify what he wants. But I'm hoping Kispert can get more time. I'm hoping Denny can become more comfortable with the ball. Because even though we did want him to be a ball handler in the preseason, he is still kind of very raw and sloppy with the ball right now. So I think if he's able to control himself more, and this is where it's going to come in with taking some time during the preseason, in the early parts of the season where he's able to really focus on running that second unit. And if he can be a playmaker and have that ability, you're really taking it to the next level. So the next time we're going to talk to you, obviously, is, is Thursday night when we record. So the first game is the Wizards versus the uh, Toronto Raptors. Micah, this is a Raptors team that we did face uh, in preseason. Uh, and the Raptors were able to beat us by five points. But again, those really don't matter in uh, the grand scheme of things just because minutes that are played, people that are out there, it's not the regular starters. Game one against a Raptors team who has now lost Kyle Lowry, obviously gains uh, Goran Dragic, drafted Scotty Barnes. 
What are your thoughts on this game one? Honestly, I think there's a chance they go ahead and get that win. Really. Uh, I do think that coming into the season with what they've showed, I think they've been very close, especially with the starters in and playing um, competitive basketball. Um, you mentioned in that next game that, okay, at that point that we had uh, taken out everybody, that's when things kind of turned the, other t- uh, turned the tide for the Knicks. I do think this team is ready to go win a basketball game. I think they've been due for it, especially with how they lost games in the preseason, even though they don't necessarily matter. As an athlete, you still kind of have that thought and inclination in your head, like, all right, you know what, we're kind of losing these games. I know they don't matter, but let's go get a win. I could see a win happening this game, especially because the Raptors are going to try to have to find themselves, really, this season. We talk about the Wizards, but the Raptors are in a really different situation than they've been in, really, since the last since Kyle Lowry got there. So it's going to be really interesting for them, but I don't think that... Um, I don't think that it, they can really pull out a win here. I think the Wizards just bring more to the table. So I would have to take the Wizards on this, and it would make make me really happy. Get that get that first win, and we can keep moving on from there. You know what I'm saying? Let's be positive. It's been a terrible start right. to the podcast, a terrible start to the Sunday. I want to have a good Sunday night, watch some good football and uh, Sunday night football. Let's give the Wizards a dub. First game, Bradley Beal has 28 points. Spencer Dinwiddie is dishing out there. Uh, Gafford and Dinwiddie on the pick and roll. Alley oops is clicking on all cylinders, and we get started to a nice one to zero victory going into the season. The Caps, um, one uh, one zero and one, losing a close one in overtime to Tampa Bay last night. But Ovi did get another goal, so three goals on the season uh, for the Capitals. So other teams in DC are good. The Capitals are always going to be a team that's going to be in the playoffs. A team with an all time great that's chasing now. Um, it's now chasing to get into that top three of goal scorers of all time. So there are positives going on in D.C. besides uh, the dreaded football team. We'll be back again Thursday night to preview the Packers and the Washington football team. Spoiler, they're going to get blown out. That's my prediction. I, I don't really think we can make up anything else at this point. Uh, but for Mike and for Micah, we'll see you on the next episode. Peace. Peace.